Blog Talk Radio. We talk about my time meeting some Diamondbacks players last night and give injury, injury updates on Tylon Walker and Zach Granke. Hello, Diamondback Nation. Welcome back to the Rattle Up Podcast. My name is Blake, joined today by my co-host, Chris. Hope all of you are having a great Friday afternoon. I know for a lot of you, school is ending pretty soon. This is actually my last Friday, so I'm pretty hyped about that. I'm really excited for the summer. It's because of a lot more Diamondbacks games, and yeah, I mean, it's it seems like I, the end, end of the year can't, kind of came up quick on me, but I got all my finals done, so that's that's pretty cool. So yeah, anyway, Chris, how you doing today? I'm doing pretty good. How are you? I'm doing, yeah, I'm doing pretty good too. Um, I actually, this is kind of unrelated to Diamondbacks, but I actually just got, I just got my first car by driving that around. It's a, it's a Honda Civic. It's pretty cool. But yeah, talking about baseball today. So I have a little story to tell. Last night, it was my, it was my friend's graduation party at a, at a restaurant called Fogo de Chao in, in Scottsdale. And I didn't even know this. Obviously yesterday was an off day. Um, but basically what happened is we went there and we were walking in and then I saw a big poster that said uh, Eduardo Escobar Foundation or it was in Spanish. It was like Fundacion or something like that. And I, I didn't, I was kind of like, wait, hold up. Is someone, are they there? And then I saw Escobar, Escobar was like standing right there. I'm like, yo, this is, this is like insane. So then I walked up to him. I got a, I got a photo of him and it was, and you know, he was pretty cool. Um, And yeah, I, I did like, so I, I thought I was just going there to just have a, just, just like uh just to, like have a dinner and then and then boom like it's like it's it's like foundation is there obviously escobar is uh from venezuela and if you don't know what's going on in venezuela there's just a lot of poverty and a lot of just uh yeah not there's not yeah not great stuff going on down there so uh yeah he has he has a foundation there and i found out later on that night they were having kind of a silent auction kind of like a it was it was a charity raffle and all that stuff and they had like bats and, and autograph balls and hats and stuff and, and jerseys so yeah then later that night, so I got a picture with Escobar, and that was cool. If you saw that on my Diamondbacks account uh, at, at Everything Dbacks on Instagram, you might have seen that. And then, but then later on, I, I went, went back in there, or I went back over there, and I saw David Peralta there. I'm like, okay, yo, is it, like, there's actually there's actually a lot of players here. So then I went up, and he was taking pictures with some other people. So I, I went there too, and I got a picture with him. And bro, like, like I knew Peralta was a cool dude, but like, oh my, talking him in real life, dude, he's. He's he's just so like genuine and cool and like chill, and he uh if so I got a picture with him and then he actually invite he had, he's actually inviting me to go in there and look at their uh, look at their auctions. So I went through, I went and looked there, and then right I was in there I ran into Nick Ahmed and I got it so then I got a picture with him, and you know he was pretty cool too, and also uh later on I I got a I, I also met Catel Marte and his son and oh my bro so you know Marte has a son he's like three right I didn't know that. Yeah. Well, anyway, yeah. His his son, his, Marte's son, was there. This, he he was he was him and a couple other little kids were throwing around like a like a little like like rubber or like baseball. This kid has a cannon. I'm telling you, like I've never seen like a three year old throw harder than he did. Like he threw it up against the wall and it made like a it actually made like a loud noise. It was insane. But anyway, yeah. So watch out for to tell Marte's son in in a few years. Uh, well, a couple decades actually. For, yeah. 
he's gonna he might he might be pretty good uh in the majors anyway um yeah that was really cool and i actually got a uh a, a whole team signed ball um i can't really recognize any of the signatures on there but yeah so that was pretty cool it was honestly like i did not expect that that was one of the best nights of my life i i mean meeting it's like it's cool like you know seeing them obviously on the field but like seeing them like in person just like talking to them as like, as like normal people and just having like a regular conversation like bro that was that was unbelievable but anyway past that um we got some injury updates here on both Taiwan Walker and Zach Granke. Uh, if you knew Zach Granke had that, uh, I think it was a, what, what, what was it on? Yeah, I think he had some shoulder discomfort um, back in, uh, he had some shoulder discomfort uh, back on that start against, against Pittsburgh in the eighth inning and it had to pull him. So he was having an MRI on Friday and a lot of people were skeptical, but Tori Lovello just said, and I think it was in a pregame conference, that he his MRI his MRI came back clean. So thank God for that, and he's going to throw a, a bullpen tomorrow also. So I mean, yeah, thank God that he's not out. I mean, at the worst, he might be out for one start, but yeah, I mean, thank God he's not out like 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 in, from from 2016 when he got out for like like a, a couple months because he like pulled an oblique like swinging the bat or something like that. Chris? Yeah. Oh, okay. Do you want to well, go I over just, the games? No, I was just – I mean, I, I thought you had some input. But anyway, yeah, and then Taiwan Walker, some more unfortunate news. Obviously, last year for Walker, uh, he underwent uh, Tommy, jo- um, Tommy John surgery only after only a few, a, a few weeks into the season. So people thought he would be coming up back mid-June or something like that. But some more unfortunate news today, kind of like how, if we remember in 2017 with Nick Ahmed, how he fractured his wrist uh, in the, I think it was in his first rehab game back after fracturing his wrist wrist before. But anyway, yeah, Walker, uh, Tori Hill also said that he has a uh, capsule capsule sprain in his shoulder and he got a, uh, he got an injection into it and he's now he's shut down for six weeks. So He's going to be sidelined at least until late June, but probably it could be more than that. And that's just being shut down. You, you don't that that's not like you know doing bullpens and getting back in, into you know baseball form and and re, all these all those rehab assignments. So you know it could be until after the All Star break before we see Taiwan Walker pitch at the least. I would I would assume so. Yeah, Which, I mean, it's really unfortunate um, with the uh, the injuries and Walker was looking pretty good last year until he got his injury so uh hopefully he can help us down the stretch if he makes it back to the team this year yeah obviously walker was in that seattle trade with gene segura and mitch hanniger and i mean i'm not saying i'm not saying that at that time walker is a bad pitcher but my goodness i would i like to have mitch hanniger right now oh he is he is tear, actually tearing it up in seattle and he he would be really good in a in right field obviously adam jones is pretty good too but Hanniger's a lot younger, and I would probably rather have him. But then again, if we never, if we had had Hanniger, we might have never gotten JD Martinez, or, and and all that. So, yeah. Anyway, um, yeah. So some really really unfortunate news on Taiwan Walker. Um, and so uh, yeah, now we're gonna get into I think oh oh yeah discussion. So Zach Greinke's MRI came back clean. And it looks like he's not going to miss any starts, but there's a chance he you know, he could miss one start. But then again, you look at the Diamondbacks rotation right now: Granke, Ray, um, 
Weaver, Kelly, and whoever the fifth starter is. I think uh, Godley got the start last time, but then he only pitched two innings. So, you know, there's kind of three guys who, who are up for that five spot, five spot right now. And one other wild card we'll get, we'll get into talking about later. So, number one is John Duplantier. This is the obvious option. He's our best pitching prospect. A lot of people have already wanted uh, wanted to see him start, and they feel like he probably should have already gotten a start when that, instead of Zach Godley um, in that game against uh, what game was that against um, against the Braves? I'm pretty sure, um, but he didn't, and uh, and it, yeah, it was it was Godley instead. So I think a lot of Diamondbacks fans want to see Duplantier start, but the one objection I can see to that is Duplantier has been very good in, in extra innings. He's got had a, already, I think, like three pretty good extra innings games. Uh, one against the Cubs. One against he had pitched a scoreless inning against the Red Sox, and also against what wet team? Was it, I think it was it against the? I think it was against the Braves, if I'm not mistaken. Um, yeah, no, and he's been really good at getting out of, out of jams, getting out of uh, runners on base. So I would see that probably the only reason why they wouldn't want him to be. In starting rotation, it's because he's one. He's like their only guy that can give him, you know, quality uh, multiple extended outings out uh, out of the bullpen, um, as opposed to you know a guy like uh, if you put him in there and you have Godley as long man, then who knows with him? Um, yeah, I I agree. He's one of our only long relievers that we can really rely on. So if we need multiple innings and extra innings, or our starting pitcher just really struggles. We kind of need him out in the uh, bullpen unless we're going to have Taylor Clark up at the same time, but uh, we need at least one good long reliever that's not godly in Andres. So Andres has been doing pretty decent recently, but Godley's been struggling too, and uh, I, I think Duplantier is best fitted in the bullpen for the time being. Yeah. So speaking of Clark, could you see Taylor Clark as, as being that fifth starter and you know, especially after that start he had in Tampa Bay. Yeah, I could, I could see it. Uh, he's been a solid one. He's, he's been a solid pitcher, and then in his one start, he didn't do too bad. He pitched six innings, and six innings is what you kind of need from your starters. So, he's proved that he can start in the major leagues. Yeah, I think I, I kind of like, uh. Clark more as a starter than as a reliever than Duplantier. So if they wanted to keep one of them in the bullpen, I would rather have Duplantier in the bullpen. I think I keep saying Duplantier. My okay, mispronouncing it. It's actually Duplantier. So I apologize for mispronouncing it. I've been calling him Duplantier for the past like year. So yeah, but it's Duplantier. My bad. Uh, yeah, but I do see Taylor Clark as the more fitted starter in a traditional sense, and I, I do like the value of having Duplantier out of the bullpen. Um, it's kind of like the Mets with uh, with Seth Lugo. He's probably should be their fifth starter instead of guys like Wilmer Font, but he's, again, he's one of their only guys that could pitch, you know, long extended outings out, out of the bullpen, which then again, it's like how much do you value extra inning games over like every fifth game? But, you know, you all, it's always good to have one guy that can go long in there and not just give up a bunch of runs. So I think that's, that's one of the reasons why Duplantz here might stay in the pen as opposed to uh, – as opposed to Clark. So, or yeah, our third candidate is Zach Godley. Now, Godley, in his uh, last well, his last quote-unquote start, he only pitched uh, two innings. I think he gave up uh, – I can't remember what game that was. I think it was – um, That was Monday. Or it was Monday. 
No, that was, was the uh, last game against the Braves, so that was Sunday. It was uh, Sunday. That was uh, – I'm just checking the box score here. Yeah, Godley only went two innings. He got four hits, one run, and two strikeouts. And then Duplantier pitched three innings after that. And, yeah, Duplantier actually only gave up uh, three earned runs and three innings on that game. So that was kind of his first rough outing as a Diamondback. But then again, he hasn't given a, a run before that. So, I mean, it was going to happen at some point. So I don't think you can really blame him that much. So, yeah, that was that. But, I mean, he, he, so – uh, Lovello said he, did, he didn't tell Godley that he was only getting go two innings, or like, I think the actual thing was one time through the order. But um, we um, obviously did. And, you know, I, I think Godley um, – I don't know how Godley like, felt about, about that. There was a lot of, you know, reports about it in the media. But then again, it's like you only know like you only know so much as the media. You don't really know what's going on in the clubhouse and everything. Like, you can only know so much. So, um yeah, it, it'll be, it's interesting uh, how Golly felt about that start, but you know maybe we could use him kind of as that that like you know kind of I would say I would say like an opener, kind of like how the the Rays use Andres in Tampa Bay. Maybe he'd only go two or three innings, and then you bring in some other guys out of the bullpen. And I can see that is maybe you start Golly for those first couple innings because he's you know more accustomed to being a, being a starter, and then you can work in. Uh, Dupontier and Clark out of the bullpen, and they can both, you know, and and you can uh, you can use them both just whenever you want. And also, um, we, we, I mean, they're they're still pretty young; they're still learning accustomed to major league, you know, throwing and, ma- and major league hitters. And they, they you might they might want to save their arm a little bit and not over overwork that and get them up to like you know and get make them go for long extended outings. So maybe shorter, you know, three or four inning outings for Dupontier and Clark both as kind of like a middle inning guy, middle innings, and um, in maybe an extra innings too. Uh, I think that could work if you have Godley as that fifth starter. It, we're just Yeah, I, I could see how it would work with um, Godley as a fifth starter. He didn't do too bad with the opening start against the Braves, and I think he, they could use him maybe – do exactly what they did on against the Braves, where they have godly start, then do plantier come in. But mm-hmm. I, I could definitely see it, see them yeah. doing that. And then the last guy I want to talk about here is Matt Andres. Now I don't really see this as, as a possibility because I, I think Lavello uh, likes having Andres coming in out of the bullpen, and he's been, you know, he's had some good outings out there in late innings this year. He, um, he, you know. I think they use him more as, as a regular reliever instead of a long reliever or an opener, kind of like Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay, but uh, I think he could be, yeah, another one of those openers if you want to bring in uh, Dupontier or Clark after Andres. But again, I don't see that. I don't see that really happening in Arizona. Maybe if we're talking about a different team, different manager, as a possibility. But yeah, I don't really see it here. We're gonna hit an ad now and then talk about the recap of the past few Diamondbacks baseball. Hey guys, this is Benson from Bucko Booth, also producer here on this show. Just want to make sure you tune in. This Saturday, noon Eastern, we have a lot to break down in the week of Pirates baseball. First, we're going to be going over the mock drafts that have been released so far. The draft is on June the 3rd. It is quickly approaching. The Pirates hold the 18th overall pick in the draft, and we're going to discuss who we think the Pittsburgh Pirates should select. As well as catcher Elias Diaz. He is due to get hot. We're going to be talking about him and what the Pirates should do with their weak hitting catchers at this point. 
We give you three takeaways from the Pirates series loss for this versus the Diamondbacks and give you our confidence polls a quarter of the way into the season and what the Pirates can do to get into a playoff position as they are on the outside looking in. All this and much more in this week's episode of Bucket Booth, Saturday, noon Eastern. I'll let you get back to this show, but I hope to see you there Saturday, noon Eastern. Let's go, Bucks. And welcome back to the show. On Friday, the Diamondbacks did open their series, or play their second game in the series against the Atlanta Braves. They did end up dropping this one 2-1. to one. Zach Greinke went seven in innings, but it was Ronald Acuna Jr. who got the last laugh as he had to go ahead and home run in the eighth inning. That propelled the Braves to a 2-1 to one victory. And then on Saturday, the, they lost again to the Braves 6-4. to four. Wow. Yeah, and then and then on Sunday on that one, that was Max Fried against Zach Gobby in the, the game we already talked about, where Dupontier kind of had some struggles. The offense just, again, wasn't able to get going against the Braves' young southpaw, and they ended up dropping that one 5-3 to three and falling to a 2-1 series, uh, to, falling to a 2-1 series at uh, disadvantage right there. Isn't that 3-1? Wait, what? Isn't that a 3-1 series? Yeah, and then yeah, in the series finale, the Braves won that one, five to three. Uh, again, the offense just couldn't really get anything going in the later innings. Or I'm looking, I'm looking at the. Uh, oh, I'm thinking of yeah, and then there was also a six to four game in there on Saturday. That was uh, Kevin Gosman and Merrill Kelly. Merrill Kelly went seven innings in that one, gave up three runs, and this was another game. I was actually at this game, and uh, yeah, Archie Bradley just kind of just blew up. He, we would we would have won this game if Archie and uh, Yoshi Hirano didn't didn't choke, but yeah, it was just it was just it was just really bad to watch. They just, I mean, Archie went in there; he could not get an out. It was he gave up one out, and then he got, he, got, he did get one out. They gave up three hits and a walk, two earned runs uh, tallied to him. So yeah, that just wasn't a good game, and we just could not get any runs going. Uh, you know, with runners on base, that's kind of, I was kind of a theme in that whole Atlanta series, uh, which kind of reminded me of last year. Uh, um, you know, that Diamondbacks really struggled with that a lot. So that was that Brave series. The Diamondbacks did lose that one, three to one. And then going into a good series against the Pirates, um, Robbie Ray took the mound and uh, he got the win against the Pirates, Kingham. And the Diamondbacks pulled away nine to three. Yeah, and then game two, this was Tuesday, and that the Pirates did actually end up winning this one. Joe Musgrove was absolutely lights out, seven innings, only one, uh, only uh, actually no runs allowed. And the Diamondbacks tried to try to get something going in the later innings, but they just were they just it was too little, too late. Uh, Luke Weaver got uh, hit around a little bit, still a, a, I think a quality start, six innings, three runs. Zach Godley actually pitched in relief out of this one in the later innings, and it did not go super great. Two innings and three and three earned runs. Greg Holland actually pitched in inning two just just to get him, maybe get him some just to keep him uh, keep him warm and, and not uh, keep him warm and, and not uh, and, and you know and get him in the in his pitching routine. But it was the Diamondbacks who got the last lap on Wednesday. Uh, they won this one 11 to one against Pittsburgh. It was actually a shutout going to the ninth inning before uh, Pittsburgh was able to attack on one run. But 
But uh, yeah, Diamondbacks that scored three in the first, four in the fourth, and then and uh, three more in the eighth. Uh, this is the game where Zach Greinke absolutely dazzled. Seven and two thirds innings, no runs allowed, uh, five strikeouts. He did actually have to leave the game with that injury problem, but it, uh, the MRIs came back clean, and he should be able to be ready to go to make his next start. Uh, yeah, Blake Swihart actually had an inside the park home run in this game, so that was that was fun to watch. Um, so yeah, was the Diamondbacks winning that series two to one? So some more recap on this one. Uh, there was an off day yesterday. Diamondbacks, they will be playing the Giants tonight. Um, so I thought that's going to be uh, interesting to watch. I don't think if they, if they play the Giants this year, I could be uh, incorrect. But I, don't yeah, think I think this is their the first time of the year. Yeah, it's the first time. So I, I wonder if there's actually going to be it's still as many Giants fans, uh, still as many Giants fans, uh, you know, ban, I wouldn't say bandwagoning, but – uh, at Chase Field as there were last year because the Giants uh, are just not that same team anymore. They don't. They I think Giants fans are starting to realize that that their that their World Series window is that as it's finally actually closed. Uh, but then again, you know, Giants fans are Giants fans. Anyway, it's going to be Merrill Kelly versus Jeff Samarja tonight. Jeff Samarja had a couple. He's he's been a little bit uh he's been a little bit shaky. He gave up four runs uh in, in his last start against the. Uh, Oh, sorry. Three runs over four innings in his last start against, against the Reds, and uh, he he's got that uh, albatross contract with with the Giants, so uh, he's they're looking to get some good production out of him. Diamondbacks gonna look at the look to cap on that. Merrill Kelly, who has also been kind of inconsistent in himself, but he's been able he's been showing showing he's been able to go deep into games. You know, he's gone seven seven innings a couple of times. He got eight innings against the Red Sox, so yeah, that'll be interesting to see. Lineup for the Diamondbacks goes as follows. Leadoff man, Gerard Dyson, Eduardo Escobar at third base, David Peralta in left, Adam Jones in right, Kittel Marte at second, Christian Walker over at first, Nick Ahmed batting seventh at short, Alex Avila behind the dish, and then, yeah, Merrill Kelly pitching. So, yeah, I mean, talking about yeah, Avila. Oh, go ahead. Merrill Kelly started off his season really well, and then it's really, I think it was against the Rays when he just – he fell apart and he hasn't been good and he hasn't really pitched great since that game and uh hopefully he can get back onto the start of his season track. Mhm. Yeah, I mean, then again, it, it, this is his first year of major league uh this is his first year of major league action, so he obviously is still getting uh used to it and everything, but I say he's he, that 4.7 ERA, I think he's going to tell the whole story, but but yeah, and then after that, the Dime, the Diamondbacks will be playing uh, tomorrow for, for the for the series against the Giants. They will the uh, pitching matchup goes as follows. If I can just find it real quick, it'll be uh, Madison Bumgarner, and it still says uh, to be dated for the Diamondbacks, but that should be Zach Greinke. So Bumgarner and Greinke still a uh, you know that that that's a that's a great matchup to watch. But who knows how how much longer that can go? You know, Bumgarner has been trade rumors around him. Um, and you know the Giants, obviously, I don't know if Bruce, Bruce, Bruce Bochy actually wants to trade him, but there's there's a good chance he's going to find his way uh, to a new to, new team come midseason. So this might be the last time we'll see Bumgarner and Grinky going up against Orange versus Red. Yeah, I I don't see Bumgarner getting traded this year. Uh, I I don't think people really want him enough. So I I think uh, well I think people want him, but I just don't. 
exactly believe that people uh, people will trade for him. Kind of like Granky, people would want Granky, but they don't really want to give up what they would need to to get him. Well, Bumgarner is on the last year of his contract before he hits free agency, so it would just be sort of a rental. But Bumgarner actually came out with a no trade list, and a lot of for some reason there were a lot of contenders, like like you know very good contending teams on there. Teams like the the Braves and the Cubs and the I think the Astros were even on there too. So I don't really know what Bumgarner is thinking. He pretty much I think the Yankees were on there too, probably because he doesn't want to shave his beard. But uh, but yeah, there are a lot there are a lot of a lot of teams on that on that no trade list that he came out with uh, were pretty good. So I don't really know what he's thinking if he wants to get traded to a good team. Out he's kind of limiting his, his options there. But yeah, Bumgarner could be a solid uh, a solid addition to uh, any any to a you know, a contending team's rotation. Team like the Brewers, maybe. I don't know if they were on the no trade list, but you know. Well, you can always waive the no trade clause too. Yeah, he but he could, but but he came. He like personally came out with that list of like eight teams that he just just flat out refuses to go to. And I don't know why certain players have that. I mean, maybe there's something against the city, but then again, like you see, look at the, some of the cities on there: Atlanta, Chicago, and Houston. And like, uh, so I, I don't really know what his motivation is all behind all that. Um, obviously, he has his reasons. You know, obviously, we don't really know him. He, um, you know, there's, uh, there's probably, yeah, there's definitely reasons why he doesn't, you know, want to go to some of those certain teams. But yeah, it'll be interesting to see if the Giants um, are able to trade away any of their veteran pieces. But I really doubt it because a lot of those guys are on multi-year, you know, almost twenty million dollar deals. Kind of goes like guys like Crawford and Longoria and Belt too. So and and also guys like Mark Melanson. Do you believe that? That was uh, talk about that uh, contract. I was uh, reading something about his no trade clause, and I think it mentioned how uh, he doesn't want to get traded, so he's going to put all the teams that want him not uh, want him on his no trade clause, so it makes it more difficult to actually trade. True. Him. Yeah, that's a good point. That's that's the reason. Because yeah, obviously he likes San Francisco, and I don't know if he Bumgarner's a very you know like old school kind of guy. He said he actually said he he'll refuse to enter the game after an after an opener is used. So. Yeah, maybe he just he just wants to stay with his team. Doesn't want to get traded in midseason, which you know you got you can you can respect him for that. But all, you know, he's already won a couple of rings. But then again, like I mean, do you want to go play for the Giants or do you want to go contend? So like, yeah, I mean, I, who knows? But anyway, we're um, moving into yeah, and then after that, Diamondbacks are gonna be playing on Sunday against the. Uh, against the Giants, and then that, then off, after that, it's off to San Diego for a road trip there. Um, I just want to get into some general uh, uh, NLS standings. So the, uh, the the thing that Dodgers have still been the best team in the NLS, uh, yeah, they are 29-16. and 16. Diamondbacks at one point were right up near with them, but other four and a half games back at 24-20. and 20. Padres sitting one game behind that. Rockies. They started off pretty pretty slow, but they're getting they're getting, they're right right below 500, so they're right in the mix. And the Giants are sitting at the bottom at 18-24, which I kind of find it crazy how the Giants can uh, are winning so many games. You really see the value in, in Bruce Bochy with that team, uh, because I mean, if you could put any other manager on there, I don't think they're going to win as many games. I mean, he really knows how to how to manage. Uh, obviously, this is his last year. And it kind of sucks that he they don't, he doesn't have the roster to compete. But hey, if he can get, get together a few good wins, then then hey, that's fine. The Giants, in a few years though, they're gonna be they are not gonna be good at all. They only have two 
two prospects in the top 100, which you would think would be the the opposite for a you know not not so great team like that. But the Giants are just kind of just is, mediocre. Do you know if Joey Bart is in the top 100? Yeah, he's gonna be really the, good. Yeah, he's well, he's really good, and also Heliot Ramos, who is a pretty good outfielder. But yeah, I mean, the Giants is they have their core is aging. They're old. And they don't really have a lot of depth at all. I mean, they they started some guy named Connor Joe on opening day. Like I, I yeah, I don't know, but they're yeah. And the Diamondbacks currently, if I can just check the uh the wild card standings. They're currently in the second spot. Yeah, they're currently holding the second wild card spot. So hopefully we can see that uh, competitiveness going on later out in the year. I want to thank you guys for joining the show tonight. We will see you all next Friday. Have a good weekend and goodbye. Rattle Up is produced by Benson Fector. Rattle Up is a Baseball Podcast Network production. Be sure to give our host a follow on Instagram, Chris Sumner at Chris underscore Sumner 710 and Blake Warner at Everything D-backs. Be sure to give the Baseball Podcast Network a follow on all our social media platforms as well. Instagram at Baseball Podcast Net. Twitter at Baseball Podcast One. That's P-O-D- CAS1, SoundCloud at Baseball Podcast Network, and YouTube at Baseball Podcast Network. Thank you all for tuning in. We'll see you next time.